Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, we're, we're going, we're going. Let's go, let's go. Welcome to week four, and we hope that you are all ready for some more of the NFC East Feast. As always, it's your boy B, joined by my co-host with the most, GVR. Yes, sir. We're in the house. As much as I don't want to be, I am here at the NFC East (laughs) Feast, baby. George had a little bit of a rough week three. I... However, did not. So I will start off by saying, how about them, Cowboys? <laughs> a 41 to 21 beatdown of an NFC East rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. My Dallas Cowboys have sole possession of first place in the NFC East. I know it's not that big of a deal heading into October. But Monday night, man, was was promising for me. I saw a lot of things that I liked. I saw very little that I didn't like. Um, before I, you know, get a little bit of ignorant here, George, what did you think about my boys? I mean, let's be real. I think we all saw the score, 41 to 21. I think the boys look good. I think the defense looks great. I'm sure that you're super excited about them. I am. But at the end of the day, they played a very young Philadelphia Eagles, a very inexperienced Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that watching film on Jalen Hurts through the last few weeks of last year and also the last two weeks, I think we've kind of figured him out uh, for now. And I think there's changes that need to be made, uh, throwing two interceptions, running the ball nine times for 35 yards as a quarterback averaging 3.9 yards a carry. Not ideal. Um, didn't really run the football. Miles Sanders, two carries for 27 yards. I, 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 I liked what the boys did on defense. I'm sure you're going to talk about the DBs. Yes. How would you feel about the DBs? Let's just, let's just go. Cause I already know where you're going with this. You know where I'm going with it. I posted on a, a poll today and, um, our Instagram followers, uh, with a 56% yes said that Trayvon Diggs was now an elite corner. Now, to be fair, fifty six percent astounding. Fifty six percent. Yes, that means more people than not think that Trayvon Diggs is an elite cornerback in the NFL. Now, a few of those who voted were Cowboys fans, so that could they skewed a little bit. But I'm not going to go as far as say he's elite. I said last week he is now a certified number one corner, and I think after a pick six, um, a few more pass breakups, he just continues to make a stronger and stronger case for that. He now leads the NFL in interceptions after three weeks. He has, of course, three, one in every game. He's the first Cowboy to have three interceptions um, in three games in a row since Terrence Newman in 2007. And he is the first Cowboy since Everson Walls in 1985 to have an interception in three straight games to start a season. 1985 is before any of us were born. So Trayvon Diggs is uh, going back a little bit, setting some Cowboys records. The way that he took Devontae Smith out of the game was a thing of beauty, as he's done to Mike Evans uh, in week one. Trayvon Diggs is proving that uh, 
like I said, he's he, he's big time. Um, along with Micah Parsons, who guys, I'm starting to think not only is Micah Parsons the best defensive player in this draft, he might be the best player period from the 2021 draft. The fact that he slipped to 11 in a couple of years, we might look back and call that a steal, my friends. Um, Michael was all over the place. I was very excited about a young man named Osa Odigzue. He was a rookie we drafted out of UCLA. He had his first career sack in this game um, with Neville Gallimore on the shelf for another month or so. We need uh, some interior linemen to step up. Good to see Osa do that. Uh, the, and everyone else in the defense, Randy Gregor is getting constant pressure. Um, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch were sideline to sideline. J. Ron Curse had to uh, step in to start again for Donovan Wilson, who was injured and uh, played another great game. So th- there's nothing. And it, it's, it's, on, it's, it's all about Dan Quinn to me, George. We talked about it on the Dallas Cowboys team preview that I was hoping that he was going to make this team. What I said was an average defense. I think right now leading the NFL in takeaways with eight we're an above-average defense. And I have a funny question for you. George, if you had to say right now in the NFC East, what defense is playing the best? I would say the Dallas Cowboys defense is playing the best, man. I, I, I guess you're trying to set me up for that question. I mean, they no. played a they played a battered and bruised second-team offensive line from Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations, bro. I'm, I really wish you the best. Um, but I, I, I see the future is not so bright uh, with, with some of these matchups coming up. So I am interested in to see that. But congratulations uh, you. for your victory for the Philadelphia Eagles. We will see what happens next week against – oh, what? just kidding. You're playing the Giants, bro. All right? So I'm sure there'll be another week where you're super excited about your defense, but we will see in the near future. We actually play the Panthers this week, but I am also excited um, to play them in, the, in that game as well. Um, <laughs> but it, it was not all roses for my Dallas Cowboys. Let me be a realist here. I am starting to have serious concern about Mike McCarthy's clock management. This is now the second first half in a row that he fumbled the clock management away. Now, Dan Quinn is calling the defensive plays. Kellen Moore is calling the offensive plays. So other than time management, Mike McCarthy, what exactly do you do for this team? Other other than giving ho-hum halftime speeches that left me on hard knocks (laughs) wanting so much more out of my head coach. So much more, dude. I feel like the Cowboys are winning in spite of Mike (laughs) McCarthy. I think the brilliant play calling – uh, from Kellen Moore, the upgraded defense with Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott playing elite. I got a stat for you guys about Dak Prescott. Highest completion percentage through three games in an NFL season. The NFL record is Drew Brees in 2018 with a whopping 80.6% completion percentage. Number two would be Dakota Prescott this year with 77.5 completion percentage. So Dak is playing at an elite level, man. He really didn't have to this game. I want to shout out my running backs. I think Ezekiel Elliott must have heard everyone saying this past week that Tony Pollard is the best back on the team because Zeke was running angry, my partner. This guy had 17 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard, 11 carries for 60 yards, both of them averaging over five and a half yards a carry. Um, Dak was an efficient 21 to 26, threw three touchdowns, two of them to that handsome son of a bitch himself, Dalton Schultz. Um, Dalton Schultz looks like he has taken Blake Jarwin's job. He's the, now the number one tight end on the team, and good for him. We opened the game with a bomb to C.D. Lamb. 
That was beautiful. Um, you could tell Amari Cooper wasn't himself with the banged up ribs, but we didn't need him, thank goodness. So um, I talked about how my favorite part of, of this team going into the season was the three-headed monster wide receiver, and it's it's so good to see us win without them. Um, a big part of the success of our running game is we really didn't have a fullback. So we used Connor McGovern, our sixth offensive lineman, as the fullback. So And it was really fun to, to, to watch him block for Zeke. He was opening up holes, and, and Zeke was running through him angry, man. Um, one last point of concern for me is Tyler Biotish, our center. I believe he is exposing himself as a weakness on the team. And the rumor is that Connor McGovern, that guy who was playing fullback, who normally plays uh, left guard, is taking snaps in practice. And um, they're training him up to be a center, man. So, Tyler Biotis, get your shit together. Same thing with Mike McCarthy and the clock management. Other than that, nothing but positives to say um, about my Dallas Cowboys. Terrence Steele played another great game out at right tackle. So, um, kind of embarrassing to hear that uh, Lyle Collins tried to bribe the specimen collector. And that's why he is suspended as many games as he is. But uh, Terrence Steele is showing that um, he's going to fill in just nicely here for the next month or so. Wait, what was that? I didn't hear about that. Okay, you know how Lyle Collins got popped with the PED suspension? Yeah. It should have only been a two- to three-game suspension. He was suspended five games because he tried to bribe the collector. Because, of course, they're random. They knocked on his door. He opened it, and he tried to bribe the dude because he didn't want to take the test because he knew he was going to pee dirty. With what? What are you trying to bribe him with? With what? With cash, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah, nice. Uh huh. He said. He said. Um. He said uh, something along the lines of pretend like I wasn't here and come back. And he was gonna probably, you know, get the Wiznator or something. But he uh, he got caught, and uh, he'll be out another couple weeks because of that. So bonehead move by Lyle. Before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles. Um, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, and there was some cause for concern in this game when I was watching young Jalen Hurts. Uh, the the growth isn't there yet, of course. You know, Dak Prescott has started over 70 games in this league. Jalen Hurts hasn't even started 10 yet. But it was like watching chess and checkers, man. Jalen's not going through his progressions. He's throwing to the first man. That's why he threw two interceptions, one of them that got returned for six. And you can tell Dak is at the line of scrimmage. Dak is moving players around. He's he's checking out of run plays into pass plays. He's, he's playing the game at a different level. So I don't expect Jalen to be there yet. But I do expect Coach Nick Sirianni to not call two running plays. One of them, Miles Sanders took for 25 yards. That's horrible play calling. Even though they got down early, they were still only down 14 points in the second half. you got to run the football, Coach Sirianni. If maybe he lost a game of rock, paper, scissors to the offensive coordinator, Steichen, and um, that's why they went pass happy. But I don't know. So after a strong opening week for Philadelphia, I think they are showing more of the team who they actually are. And I believe they will finish towards the bottom of this division. And maybe Lyle Collins is giving money to these opposing defenses, dude, just because, I mean, <laughs> the, the, Char- the Chargers put up 14 penalties. The Eagles put up 13 penalties. Everybody wants to go off sides against this team. I, I don't know. Have you noticed that? That everyone... I noticed that Dak Prescott has a very Aaron Rodgers-like cadence at the line of scrimmage. Oh, so I believe okay. I believe that's probably why he's uh, drawing some teams, uh, you know, to to jump early. I'm just kidding. That's 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 totally a homer comment by me. But no, we have gotten lucky with the officials. There could be some bribery going on by the Jones family. After all, they are billionaires. But it doesn't matter. We're in first place, and we're not going to ask any more questions. 
So let us move on to a team who is a little bit less fortunate this week, and that was the New York football giants who failed again to win their first game of the season, despite playing another team who was winless before this game, the Atlanta Falcons. We've talked at length about how trash the Falcons defense is, yet this Giants team only managed to score one touchdown. What were your takeaways, George? I mean, it was tough to watch. It was an ugly game. Daniel Jones throwing no touchdowns. Saquon averaging 3.2 yards a carry. Mm. Doesn't seem like he's right. Very little flashes I'm seeing from my guy, Kenny Galladay. It's tough, man. You know, they got a great D-line. We, we thought they had a great defense going into the year. We were pretty high on them in the preseason preview, if I can recall. I and was we're just and, I was and, spooked. And, and we're just not seeing it on the field. And I don't know if that's Mr. Judge himself that's not rallying his troops. Maybe they're just running a little too many wind sprints after the games they lose. But it's getting to the point where we don't really know what to expect out of the G-men from week to week. And losing to the Falcons, again, we don't know who the Falcons are, and especially on defense. How do you not score more than one touchdown? It's embarrassing, man. Um, Daniel Jones played turnover-free football, which I guess is a positive, but do you you got to move the ball. Um, unfortunately, Sterling Shepard had a great start to the year, weeks one and two. He pulled a hammy. He's a little bit uh, injury-prone, I think, at this point. So that certainly didn't do them any favors. It just it, it, w- it was ugly for the Giants, man. Um, you said Saquon, he did struggle. I, a lot of that's him not being right yet. A lot of it's the offensive line. He did add 40 yards receiving and got in the end zone. So I think 90-plus yards and a touchdown for him is still a step in the right direction. But the Giants as a team, they're, they're just not they're not there, man. And I'm, and I'm starting with Joe Judge. I was watching the Fox NFL pregame with Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, and those guys. And all of a sudden, I see a segment that says, Judge Joe Judge. And this is, a, this is a play on Judge Joe Brown and Judge Judy, where Joe Judge is dressed up like an actual judge. And um, they're having actors wearing NFL team shirts come, and he's the judge, jury, and executioner of these NFL teams. Well, guess what, Joe? Now we're judging you. Because you're 0-3, you just lost to a terrible NFL team in the Atlanta Falcons, and you are in dead last. This is not good, Joe. You need to get your shit together. The Giants, the past few coaches have only lasted two seasons. And at the rate you are going, you are going to follow suit. So I, I don't I don't know what to tell them to get better because they're not getting any healthier and the offensive line isn't getting any better. I will say one positive was that Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, he seems to finally be figuring out he's playing the game a lot better. As I said, Daniel Jones played safe football, but I think he's just at this point afraid to push the ball down the field. And um, Aziz Olujari, um, he is their rookie that they drafted pass rusher. He has one sack in each of the first three games. I think he's the first giant rookie to do that since Lawrence Taylor. So there's very few bright spots, but I wanted to you know shine a few there. Um, one spot that certainly wasn't bright wasn't even when the game was going on. At halftime, uh, as we spoke about last week, they put Eli Manning into the ring of honor. Well, Giants owner John Mara was joined on the field with Eli Manning. They booed him so loudly, bro. They they were going, oh. the Giants fans were going after, not, not Eli, they were booing John Mara, the owner. Uh. So they booed John Mara very badly. 
And it was seen after the game, um, a loud bang from the owner's box, and he stormed out after um, Hyung Wei Koo, everyone's favorite Asian kicker, um, had a walk-off uh, field goal to seal the victory. Um, and then after the game, John Mara didn't speak about the loud bang, but he did speak about the booing at halftime. And he said, quote, I would boo too. So John Mara's not happy. I'm sure general manager Dave Gettleman's not happy. I don't know what there is to be happy about on this team at this point. Um, they're going to look towards next week to to get their first win. And they really need it, man. So any, anything else you got on the Giants? No, I just I think we forget how some of the most of these coaches, I guess two out of the four, are very inexperienced in the NFC East, man. Yeah. We got some young coaches here with Nick Sirianni and my guy Joe Judge. You know, mm-hmm. so we, we can't forget that. You know, he's judging the guy next to him playing rock, rock <laughs> you know, rock, paper, scissors. So we don't know what's gonna happen out of that division, uh, but definitely not a good start for the Eagles and the Giants. It's not, man. And at this point, it's you know we're we're still about to be in week four, so it's it's not too too late. Don't hit the panic button. The Giants actually started zero and five last year, and they still had a chance to win this division in week seventeen. So, you know, Joe Judge rally the troops, and uh, good luck this week as you go to New Orleans. But let's finish up our week three breakdown with the Washington football team traveled to. Play the Bills Mafia. And uh, last week, if you guys don't remember, this is what was predicted. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to troll me again because you have zero fucking chance to beat the Buffalo Bills. Maybe that'll be on Instagram, you <laughs> guys. I hope it is. Well... I was right. Last year, I was wrong on the Steelers game. This one, I was right, and I knew it right off the bat, partner. The Bills jumped out to a 21 to nothing lead. Josh Allen was looking elite, throwing passes, making Emmanuel Sanders look young again. Um, everybody's unfaxed, uh, favorite unfaxed wide receiver, Cole Beasley, was making plays. Stefan Diggs, of course, Zach Moss, Dawson Knox. The guy has a you know, whole plethora of weapons, and he was hitting them all. There was very few highlights for your Washington football team. I did see Antonio Gibson took a screen pass about 73 yards for a touchdown, and that's what he should be doing. Um, that, was a, that was a great play by him. The only other reason that you guys actually got near the goal line was there was some fluky kickoff or some Buffalo wind Whatever, caught it. dude. Okay. And it so actually we sent were... the ball to Dustin Hopkins, and Dustin Hopkins recovered. So this game, honestly, the fact that it was 41 or 43 to 21 – is actually not indicative of how much of a blowout it was. So how are you feeling yeah, about I don't, that? I don't agree with that. I, I feel like the football team, first off, came back and was in within one possession in the first half. Now, but I will go ahead and preface this right now. The Washington football team is not a good football team. Mm. And we are struggling from top to bottom we are not winning matchups. Our defensive line is not what we're doing to expected what we what we did last year. You know, uh, Chase Young has zero sacks. Our mm-hmm. D line had zero sacks the entire game. Our linebackers cannot cover slot receivers like Cole Beasley with eleven receptions that game. It's just getting to the point where I'm so tired of us having a four man rush that is not getting pressure. And my boy Josh Allen's just picking us apart. We need to design some exotic blitzes, 
Jack Del Rio. Stop acting like our four-man rush will do it themselves. Let's start putting some stuff together, doing some cornerback blitzes, bringing up Landon Collins to do a blitz on the back end. The play calling is really hurting me right now. I don't think we have bad players. I think right now our play calling could get better. Scott Turner needs to get better. Taylor Heineke, stop trying to do too much, my guy. If you didn't throw two picks in the first half, we would actually be in that game. We really would be in that game. We gave them uh, multiple possessions in the red zone for them just to score. And I'm not saying they wouldn't drive down the field and score anyways. I'm just saying they did it a lot damn faster. And and to the point where uh, it's just tough to watch. I'm talking to other Washington fans like like my boy John Warman, and, and, and he says it himself, we're not a good football team. And, and we're not seeing it that we saw last year. We're not seeing it out of my guys, Chase Young and Montez Sweat and, and Ioannidis. And, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a, out of John Allen. But these linebackers are probably one of the worst in the league as far as a tandem goes. Cole Holcomb cannot cover. John Bostic might be the worst linebacker in the league. <laughs> and I'll say it right now. So it, it, it's tough to watch after watching such great defense from our, our team last year and, and holding them uh, to third downs and, 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 and allowing the teams to punt. I was so confident uh, last year watching our defensive play. And, and now I'm confident in our, our offense, I, I still think, is better than last year. But our defense is just really letting us down. They're probably in the bottom half of the league, if not the lower half, as far as 26, 28th in the league. I'm curious, George, what about a 14 for 24 performance from your quarterback along with two turnovers makes you think that your offense is better than it was last year? Because maybe you could you 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 enjoyed so much talking shit about Alex Smith and how he was a statue in the pocket. Maybe you would like Alex back right now. Maybe, huh? I mean, he threw for, yeah, I mean, he threw 50%. He threw 14 for 24, still threw 212, two touchdowns and threw two picks. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. He played but, terrible. Uh, he looked like he and, was playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks, which is where you found him. Well, you know what? He didn't even play for them. He was actually second string in the XFL. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it, he didn't play well. I, I still believe in Taylor, though. I, I don't really. I, yeah. No, I, I still think Taylor is a good quarterback. I, I truly do. I just think throwing those two picks in the first half, he struggled. And I think they they relied a lot on their run game. And, and the Bills could have held the ball the entire second half. I mean, he did, guy didn't have many chances after that. Again, we are not a good football team. I, I think that sums it up pretty well, man. And it's it's not all bad Washington football. Uh, the Bills might be the best team in the league right now. I think their week one loss to the Steelers was exactly what they needed. A wake-up call. And since then, they have shut out the Miami Dolphins, and they have embarrassed the Washington football team. So the Bills right now, I believe with Kansas City struggling, are probably the best team in the AFC. Josh Allen threw for four touchdowns, ran for another one. Their lack of a running game, um, you know, they rotate Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. That, that might come back to haunt them as the season goes on. But right now, the Buffalo Bills are are rolling, and I don't think it, – it didn't matter. And I, think I guarantee of, you the Bills would completely trash anybody in the NFC East right now. I think they the Cowboys would put, keep up with them. We put I'm up sure you do. I'm sure you yeah. do. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> First place, baby. How about them Cowboys? 
But I don't, I don't want to drag you through the mud anymore. Let's, let's move on to week four. And I want to uh, stick with your Washington football team. You guys will be playing a team that we're becoming very familiar with, unfortunately. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons again. The uh, Washington football team will be traveling, I believe, to Atlanta uh, to play the Falcons, who now have one win, thanks to the lowly New York football giants. Um, so how are you feeling coming off of about a bad of, of losses as, as you can have? Uh, how do you feel going up against Atlanta, who might have a little bit of confidence now after their first win? You know, Chase Young said it. What do you say? Anybody bullshitting? We ain't bullshit. <laughs> All right. I don't know what exactly that means. I just know that we are fully focused this week to play Russell Gage and the Atlantic Falcons. I would say I maybe play Calvin Ridley <laughs> and Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan and Cordero Patterson. I yes. didn't talk a lot. Cordero Patterson, six targets, back-to-back games. Looks good, but let me finish really quick. Okay, okay. Calvin sorry. Ridley, also a stud. Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. <laughs> Throws for two touchdowns and 200 yards pretty much every game. But guess what, the – this is the game we come back on our defensive line. And I think hopefully my boy Jack Del Rio gives me a few blitzes to free up. Maybe a one-on-one with Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Atlantic Falcons gave up three sacks against the G-Men. And I could see us really becoming the defense that we used to be last year in this game. I, I think this is a Total turnaround, total 360, what we do this week. And if we don't do it, we're done, bro. If we don't beat Atlanta and get to 2-2 two and two to survive in the East, it's going to be very tough for me to come week to week. Wouldn't you say? I agree. I, I, I am, I'm going to come right out and say I believe that you are correct. This is what I call a get-right game for the Washington football team, and it's coming at a perfect time. So God bless the schedule makers. Although Atlanta got their first win and it's on the road, I don't think that matters. I think you guys are going to be playing angry, and I think that uh, Arthur Smith has his Atlanta Falcons team probably feeling pretty good about themselves because of the walk-off win in New York, but we all know that's not impressive. So I like the Washington football defense to return to their 2020 form in this game. I think Chase and Montez combined for three sacks between the two of them. I think the D-line gets constant pressure. They don't have much of a running game in Atlanta with Mike Davis. We did mention Cordero Patterson. He is a kind of a running back receiver, kick return, and gadget guy. He had 100 total yards last week, catches the ball very well out of the backfield. So you got to watch out for him. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife of a weapon. And, of course, um, whether it be uh, Fuller or William Jackson, they will have their hands full with Calvin Ridley. And Kyle Pitts is starting to show signs. I believe that there was a little too much hype thrown his way during the preseason, but he is starting to show signs of being a serious weapon at the tight end position. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Washington football team is going to run the football unlike the Giants could last week with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick a little bit as well. And I think the Heineke will play not as good as he played his first three career starts, but not nearly as bad as he played last week. So I've got Heineke returning to um, an average quarterback. I think Scary Terry has a very good game, exposes that Falcon secondary. Logan Thomas got a garbage time touchdown last week against the Bills. He, he did have a costly fumble, but I think that might be good for him. Uh, Ryle him up a little bit. You know I love Logan Thomas, so I think with yeah. Logan – with scary Terry is Curtis Samuel coming back 
Yes, Curtis Samuel just got left off the IR. That's one of uh, that is the biggest free agent signing we had all of last year, and is a key component to this offense. So I'm super excited to see Curtis out there. And again, three turnovers last week, guys. How do you beat the Buffalo Bills with three turnovers? You just don't. You can't. You just can't do it. I've got the Washington football team winning this game 27 to 18. So I will go with the football team. How you feeling? What's your score? Wow, 27-18. Respect, respect. I I I think I think we show out on defense, man. I think I I could see this game being a low-scoring game. I'm going to go ahead and say 19 to 10. 19 to 10. Yeah. It's a pretty similar score as what the Giants and Falcons played to last week. So, yep. so you might be onto something there. But yeah, I think you guys get back in the win column. And at two and two, even if let's let's say hypothetically the Cowboys win to go to three and one, you're one game back. So yep. certainly not time to panic in the nation's capital. But where they are panicking is New York City. And let's talk about the Giants who will be traveling to New Orleans. I don't know if you guys know, oh, the, the Saints have been living out of a hotel since uh, Hurricane I, was it Ida. I believe Ida struck New Orleans. So the Saints finally have their bags back at their houses. They're, this is the first game in the Louisiana Superdome since pre-pandemic. So you know they're going to be going buck wild. I'm sure little Boosie's going to be out there. Theo Vaughn probably be out Boosie there gang. Yeah, so 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 New Orleans going to be on fire. They're coming ah. off of, of a very impressive victory um, on the road, beating the New England Patriots. I love the Saints' defense. Um, so with uh, with Demario Davis, with Marshawn Lattimore in the corner position, um, they got some studs there. And I, I I see the Giants' offense struggling again. And honestly. I don't know if you saw this, George. Blake Martinez tore his ACL in that loss to Oof. the Falcons. So I think he's their best defensive player and the heart and soul of their defense. So I see their defense struggling too, man. The Saints are very hot and cold. They started off the year. They whipped Green Bay's ass, surprised everybody. Then in week two, they laid an egg. Then in week three, they go on the road and beat Bill Belichick in Foxborough. So it's like they're hot and cold. So do, do they? is this now their cold game? If they're cold, they're still winning this game, bro. I, I agree. I think even even <laughs> even if it's ugly, I think they pull out the win. Only I will say because of Alvin Kamara. If Saquon Barkley was at 100 percent health and that offensive line was respectable, I think we could have some popcorn for this game and see Saquon and Kamara go off. But I think since Kamara has a much better offensive line and Alvin Kamara is 100 percent healthy, that he will dictate this game. He will make enough plays, and I've got the Saints winning this game. 20 to 17. 20 to 17? You think it's going to be that yeah. close? Respectable. Yeah. Gi- Giant, Giants will rally behind Joe Judge. They do, at all, all signs point, they do play hard for Coach Judge. So I, I think that they will do that and do everything they can to try to get their first victory, but they fall a little bit short. What is the spread of this game? You got it in front of you? Uh, I believe it's a touchdown. Seven touchdown. and a half. Okay. Luds will come on a little bit later, red hot off a perfect week, and um, where, where he's shooting. But yeah, we got Saints minus seven and a half right now is where the line stands. I got you. What's your score? Oh, my fault. Um, I'm gonna not thinking about it. You're right. I mean, at zero and three, you got to come back with something. If you get Plus win. if you get destroyed here, uh, there's not much energy going back to that locker room for the next week. So you know what? I'm, I'll go ahead and say. I'll go ahead and say 21-17. 21-17. So Saints, we're pretty we're pretty aligned yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now let's talk about the two teams who played on Monday Night Football. I want to start with the team who lost. 
and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, who will return home to Lincoln Financial Field to host the Kansas City Chiefs. Huh. And unfortunately for the Eagles, man, although they're coming off in a loss and they're going to be playing hard, the Kansas City Chiefs are 1-2 and two and are in sole possession of last place in the AFC West. So you know Andy Reid, who ended up in the hospital last week after the game. Andy Reid, if this isn't a sign that you are so fucking fat to get yourself in shape. He's not fat anymore, bro. Uh, he's big boned. We'll say that. But uh, he he yeah. went to the hospital because he was dehydrated. You have an entire Gatorade cooler right behind you, Andy. But I'm glad that you're healthy. But Coach Reed is back to full health, and I believe the Kansas City Chiefs offense will be back to full wealth. I see Patrick Mahomes dicing up this Eagles defense. If Dak Prescott can go 21 to 27 for three touchdowns, what is Patrick Mahomes going to do? Tyreek Hill is going to be an absolute nightmare, although I have a lot of respect for Darius Slay, the Eagles' best corner. I think Tyreek has a ball game, and Travis Kelsey has a ball game pretty much every single week. For you fantasy guys out there, I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire a lot in this game. Zeke and, Tony, Zeke and Tony Pollard ran the ball all over Philadelphia, so I would, I would think that CEH will do the same. And I don't think this is this is just a bad time. Like, I think the Washington football team should be happy about the schedule makers. I think the Philadelphia Eagles should be upset. They needed a lowly opponent coming off that bad Monday night loss on a short week. And although they are home, they're playing one of the best teams in the NFL. Throw that one and two record out. I think the Chiefs come out angry because they're in last place and they need this win. And I think they win this game pretty handedly. I'll go Chiefs 37, Eagles 24. Yeah, I think it's the lock of the week, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't see them having any chance against the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, and Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Those guys out there are just going to run circles around the Eagles. They're going to be spreading out. They're going to be you know, doing screens, different, different formations. I think the Chiefs are going to take advantage of a beat-up offensive line for the Eagles. I, I, I think the only reason that the Eagles would have any chance of this game is to create, uh, you know, or, or to hold the ball and, and to pace this game and, and the time of possession. But I do not see that happening with a beat up offensive line and, and Miles Sanders struggling. So that would be the only reason I could see the Eagles being in this game. I think this game gets out of hand and I think the Chiefs win this game by at least 14 points. I'm going to go ahead and say 14 to 31. I think that's a good call, and I think your call on the Eagles' offensive line is is also spot on. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to have a field day. Um, before we move on to the Cowboys game, I do want to say something positive about the Eagles. Their defensive line, despite Brandon Graham being hurt, they're still a problem, man. The, the only reason that the Cowboys-Eagles game was ever tied is because Javon Hargrave has been playing outside of his mind. He forced a fumble on Dak Prescott in the end zone, and their other defensive tackle, um, Fletcher Cox, recovered it. So they, between their two defensive tackles, generated almost as much many points as 11 offensive players combined. So there is some bright spots for Philly, and one of them is those two big hog mollies on that line. So hopefully uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave can get some pressure on Mahomes and make him uncomfortable. That might be their only chance to keep this game close, but the NFC East feast is unanimous that the chiefs will dominate and the Eagles will fall to one and three. Let's finish up our week four preview with the first place team in the NFC East. And of course that is my Dallas Cowboys 
who are going to be hosting the undefeated Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold coming to town. The Panthers defense is balling. Unfortunately, their first-round pick, J.C. Horn, broke his foot last week, so he's going to uh, miss a big chunk of the season. Now he was playing very well. And um, Christian McCaffrey, who is everybody's number one pick in fantasy football, got hurt last week, as he so often does with the soft tissue. He hurt his hammy. He's going to miss this game. So for my fantasy guys out there, I like Chuba Hubbard. He's a rookie for them out of Oklahoma State. If you're looking for someone on the waiver wire, he's going to he's their running back. And I also like Robbie Anderson. When we played, when the Cowboys played the Jets two years ago, and Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, of course, played for the Jets at that time, they beat Jordan Lewis on like a 90-yard touchdown. I see something similar similar happening in this game. I think that my elite corner, Trayvon Diggs, is going to be locked up with DJ Moore, who is having a hell of a season. So I think Robbie Anderson has a good game. And I think the Panthers play very well. Um, despite Christian McCaffrey being injured, I think this is going to be a very, very highly contested football game between two playoff-bound teams. I think Sam Darnold has found his home. I think the Jets are going to look silly, and it's going to expose the New York Jets for how much of a dumpster fire that organization really is. Because now he's got decent weapons and a good coach. I really am a big fan of Matt Rule, the Panthers coach. I think that the Panthers are going to do big things this year. With Christian McCaffrey being hurt, though, I do not think that they are going to muster up enough offense to keep up with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are... are, I noticed the first couple games of the season, they look different. And I think what it is, is their team speed. And I was affirmed that this week when Colin Cowherd told me on today's episode of The Herd that the Dallas Cowboys have an NFL high 10 players who have been clocked at over 19 miles per hour so far this season. So this is team speed, brother. A lot of it is coming from that Dan Quinn defense. Of course, Trayvon Diggs is one of those guys. Micah Parsons is one of those guys. And on the offensive side of the football, you're Tony Pollard's and CD Lambs and Amari Cooper's of the world. So we are fast. We are aggressive. And I think that the Cowboys are going to continue this momentum and they are going to end the Carolina Panthers perfect season. I've got the Cowboys winning a close game. Despite the injuries for Carolina, I think they play a hell of a game in Jerry's world, but I think that we will win this game 31-27. to What do you think? I think you don't realize how good the Carolina Panthers defense is, B. Okay. I really do. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the stats. They're number one in sacks, mm-hmm. number one in third down efficiency, mm-hmm. number one points allowed in games, Mm-hmm. Number one total yards every game. And seeing that the Cowboys still give up 402 yards per game, ranked 27th in the league B. The mm-hmm. Panthers are the best defense you have played so far. And this will be the biggest test for your offense. And I actually think this is going to be an extremely exciting game. And I think that you guys get locked up a little bit in the first half. Okay. I do think that you do figure out the, the, the Panthers a little bit, maybe in the second half, but by then I think it is too late. And I think the Panthers do come out with a victory in this game based off how strong their defense is. I'm going to go ahead and say 24 to 13 Panthers. The Panthers hold us to 13 points. Okay, let me expose you a little bit, my friend. The Panthers are the best defense we played. The Panthers' defense is better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense. 1,000% yes. This okay, year, 1,000% yes. This year. That's that's incredibly yes. incorrect. Um, and you, you want know, you to go over the stats for Tampa Bay from this year. 
Do you want they've to been over... getting up points to the Atlanta fucking Falcons? George, I'm gonna need you okay. to be quiet. I'm gonna need you to be quiet because the smart people are talking right now. The Atlanta I, what Falcons. What I want you to go over, George, is the Carolina Panthers schedule. They have played the New York Jets and the Houston Texans in two of their three games. Those are the two worst football teams in the NFL. So you can march around your stats, which you're clearly reciting off another screen or your computer right now because you don't know off the top of your head, about the Cowboys are 27th ranked and they make 404 yards. They played Zach Wilson and some guy named Davis Mills, who I don't know who he is. Those are the quarterbacks they have played. They have proven absolutely nothing, which is indication of why the Dallas Cowboys are favored five points. I cannot wait to see you next week where I will embarrass you again and I will play your awful prediction, much like the awful prediction that you gave last week when you said the Washington football team was going to beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm done. I'm sorry I got a little aggressive right there, but I think you are overlooking the fact that the Panthers have had by far the softest schedule in the NFL. Do you think that do you think the Panthers are a top five defense? No. Okay. That's all. Can, yeah. can you name me three starters on their defense? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, let's move on then to someone who probably can. <laughs> I only say that because this man is coming off of a 5-0 week, people. Let's that, go! That includes a perfect upset parlay. If you would have bet the upset parlay last week, you would have won three times your money. So open up your checkbooks and welcome back the red hot Jay Luz. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> week four. All right, Hudge, shoot me them you were, spreads. You were perfect. Let me, let me. I'm not done with last yeah, week. Yeah, hold bro, on. Talk about last week, bro. You were perfect in the NFC East, going a perfect three and zero, and you decided to debut a new segment. I thought it was a little cute to bet two upset parlays. Not only did you push with the points and get them correct, you had two outright winners with the Bengals beating the Steelers and the Packers beating the 49ers. Congratulations, man! It's very impressive. I appreciate it very much, man. Um, and I think it's more impressive. I went three and zero in the East. <laughs> it's a hard division to predict, man. It's tough. It's a hard prediction to predict. Well, let's let's get it going with Week Four. We're going to start with George's Washington Football Team. As we all know now, they're traveling into Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Skins are actually a one and a half point favorite on the road. How do you see this one going down? George, what uh, what corner is going to be covering your boy Russell Gage? <laughs> probably landon collins that's a safety <laughs> <laughs> yeah um atlanta we you guys have talked about it for weeks now you know they don't seem to go away they're playing the east this year we're talking about them every week yes. uh they are trash um washington have a has a nice bounce back game this week um okay. heineke throws for over 250 this week, um, I think they're going to really try to establish the run as well. Rivera's got to get this running game going. Uh, stop giving up on the run. Uh, you guys have talked about it. Gibson right. needs to get fed, man. Feed him the ball. Get McKissick out on those little third down. I mean, get it to him. Like McKissick makes plays. You know, he, he does. puts up 20 fantasy points a week before, and then last week he's a ghost. But I know they got down by a lot, and I was hoping, you know, they'd feed him more being down, get some first downs, but – the play calling's been a little sketchy, but I do uh I do have Washington winning this game 24 17. Uh Washington minus one and a half. All right, let's just swallow the points with the road favorites. I think we're all in agreement on that. Game number two, let's travel to New Orleans, where the Giants will look to get their first win of the season in the Louisiana Superdome. The fans are gonna be bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. Not we got the Saints favored. 
<laughs> minus seven and a half. Luds, where are we going? Who that? But, uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, I agree with you guys. <laughs> Coach Judge will have this team ready to play. Like uh, you guys had noted earlier in the show, you know, Giants start 0-5 last year, and they literally, you know, just missed the playoffs. So um, I think they do come back, come out strong. I mean, Danny Dimes, you know, he's been better with the turnovers. I do think they'll pick Jameis Winston off at least once or twice. I mean, he's good Probably. for a couple picks. I think <laughs> yeah. the game's closer than people think. I do have the Saints winning 28-25. I am taking the Giants plus 7.5. I like I that. that's a great Great pick right there. Great pick. I think you're going to stay hot this week. I like these picks so far. All right. Now let's go to Philadelphia. The Eagles are at home, and they are hosting the last place, Kansas City Chiefs. When's the last time we could say that? And the Chiefs are still favorites, though. Kansas City minus seven. Where are we shooting? I'm surprised Kansas City's not favored by, like, 13. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of um, it's kind of strange. Vegas is coming out with a with a spread, you know, a minus seven for Kansas city. I know they're on the road. Like a trap. Yeah. I know they're on the road. Um, Philly just looked so bad last week. Uh, I think it's just going to get worse for them this week. I'm with you guys. I got chiefs in the thirties. I'm taking the chiefs 31, 10 uh, chiefs minus seven chiefs minus seven swallowing the points again on that one. And finally, Let's take it to Jerry's world where my Dallas Cowboys will host the undefeated and undoubtedly best defense in the league. According to George, <laughs> we've got the Cowboys favored four and a half. Finish us up. Let's uh, the key thing with the Panthers is they just lost Christian McCaffrey. So yes, can Bubba Hubba uh, Chubba Hubbard <laughs> pick up the slack? And I just don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, Dallas's defense looks very quick. They're, they're tackling well. Their corners are playing well. Um, I think Carolina keeps it interesting. I think it's, it is going to be a pretty competitive game. But I do have the boys winning 30-17. to 17. Wow. Boys, minus five. It's wall on the points with my Dallas Cowboys. I like that. It gives me a little bit of confidence. Well, don't keep us hanging, man. You, 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 you debuted a flawless upset parlay. Are we getting another one this week? Yeah, I got the uh, of course, yeah. man. The upset parlay, like I always say, throw fifty down, you'll make some good money. Uh, if you would have won, you won fifty last week, folks. This uh, this this one's tough. Uh, this or this week's tough. It's kind of there isn't too many upsets I was seeing in the schedule, but I do have Seattle Seahawks over the San Francisco Niners plus three Seahawks, and then to like that, and then to team this up. I do have the Indianapolis Colts plus two over the Miami Dolphins. Both of them will win outright. Book it. Book it. We got Mr. Mr. Glass getting his first win with his new team, the Indianapolis Colts, which they so desperately need. So stay tuned to see if Luds can stay perfect after his 5-0 and week. Luds, thank you as always. George, thank you for letting me give you a hard time. I love you guys. I love all of you listening. We appreciate you, and we will see you here next week on the NFC East.